Hey, Matt, what are we drinking? Well, Justin, today we've got the Maker's Mark Private Select. How is that going to make me a better drinker? Justin, that's, that's kind of private. <laughs> <laughs> well, be selective in how you answer. <laughs> that's not even dad jokes. It's like worse than dad Cheers. jokes. Cheers, man. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of How to Be a Better Drinker, coming to you from Studio 212 here at the Soundcasting Network. In studio today, we've got our friend, producer Keith, and then my friend, compatriot, and bartender, Justin Freed, and I am Matt James. I am a bartender. How are you doing, Justin? Doing great, Matt, and it's great to be back here with you and Keith in the studio doing the old podcast, the old faithful, the old reliable. It's a little odd, right? Still, I'm still, still getting weird. Still getting used to it. Yeah, I you feel know? like it's just gonna. I feel it's like in a dream when you're reaching for something on a shelf and it keeps going farther and farther back and you can't quite grasp. But it's like, is this really what we're gonna be doing? Are we gonna be in the studio again? Even though we've been in the studio three times now, this is our third time, yeah. right? But I still don't quite grasp that it's going to be gonna happen. Yeah, yeah. It's almost like it's not real. It's just what they call dissonance. It. It's the uh, dissonance, I yeah. think, is the word. Okay. Sibilance might be sibilance. You just like that word. I do. Yeah. You just really enjoy that word. That's yeah. a sound check word and uh, something about it. Yeah. Sibilance. It sounds like a really, it sounds sort of like a venereal disease, but uh, <laughs> then it also has this nice vibrato uh, that kind of sounds, uh, if not a venereal disease, some other type of disease. It's definitely infectious. Um, but, uh, dude, what we've got today is pretty special. I think Oh yeah, I'm excited. Um, it's actually a gift from my uncle, Mitch James and his partner, Mary Dudick, uh, that I got for, I believe my birthday about two years ago. And I've been saving it for an occasion such as this. Well, I'm honored personally. just to have it on the podcast. And, uh, it actually comes from the wall street. This is the wall street journals, uh, actual, um, Private select selection, if so you will. So this this is from the that barrel. <laughs> yes, yes. And uh, so, one thing before we get into what private select is, um, the Wall Street Journal and Maker's Mark actually have kind of a uh, special um, relationship in that Maker's Mark wasn't very successful up until about well, uh, Roy Samuels Jr. says uh, uh, August first, nineteen eighty when there was a the spirits reporter for the wall street journal went was in town for a convention in louisville for a convention and he went back to his hotel at the brown hotel um which is a beautiful hotel and the, on the tv the local news was talking about how maker's mark became the first uh distillery to become a national uh monument national historical monument and he said, this is interesting. The bartender actually knew Roy Samuel Jr. and called him up, said, hey, um, this guy wants to actually uh, come down and see it. Um, Roy Samuel Jr. said, hey, said to his dad, senior, um, hey, my friend from college wants to come see the distillery. Can you go pick him up? So they picked him up and... Uh, it was the uh, the dis the uh, spirits the beverage writer for the Wall Street Journal oh, wow. just an article for it um, right after the article I think 
the article came out like eight o'clock in the morning, and then by eight fifteen they had to buy uh, five new um, phone lines for all the orders that they were getting, Whoa. and they were uh, personally returning all correspondence of all the letters. They got over twenty five thousand letters come in. Wow. Nobody had ever heard of uh, makers, and it was not distributed outside of Kentucky. And obviously, they didn't have the uh, the the product on hand to keep up right. with the demand. So what they did was they tried to figure out how to get it in select bars and restaurants like at New York, Washington, D.C., <clears throat> along the eastern seaboard just to keep it up, keep up and left interest in the brand so that they could actually meet demand in six years, you know, because they weren't going to speed up the process. Right, so right, uh, Wall Street Journal has a lot to do with the success of Maker's Mark. It's now, kind of, I mean, it's, that tra- it feels like it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and especially back love, then. Yeah, you know, it's kids, so weird to think about time before the internet. Yeah, and guys, you know, Maker's Mark is the is the um, it's everywhere. Obviously, I mean, it's like what it it's not Jim Beam level in terms of popularity, but it's pretty close. It's considered the but people that don't know that much about whiskey, mm-hmm. you know, uh, think Maker's Maker's Mark's like high end, which mm-hmm. it is very good, good juice. It's good stuff. Yeah. But anyway, it's just amazing how uh, how so recently, 1980, that's not that long ago. That's what I like to believe as well, sir. <laughs> <laughs> and that is and 41 the, years ago. Yeah. And that they they. Uh, yeah. It's just kind of amazing. That because uh, it's ubiquitous. That's the word I was trying to. Yeah, it's it's, it's so, ubiquitous now. And and uh, back then wasn't wasn't the makers ad campaign too? Wasn't it that whole thing about it tastes expensive because it is? Wasn't that the makers that, market? That was ad a uh, slogan back in like 1990 or something like that. Right, which yeah. is also funny to me. Yeah, but the uh, back then actually Roy Samuels Jr. was talking about how it was the first time that he and his dad agreed on a marketing campaign, which was answering all the letters Mm -hmm. um, where before his dad said, well, what you would do is you'd talk to people who know about whiskey, have them sample your whiskey. And then by word of mouth, other people (laughs) would get to know about your whiskey. That's kind of cute. And then junior, his biggest idea was taking like sewing kits that were branded maker's mark and hiding them around uh, train state train and bus stations <laughs> really for people to find wow so uh, sewing kit yeah yeah one of the least sexy uh swag yeah, right uh options i mean not even i mean i guess that makes sense but I bet hiding it's cheap. it in a, yeah and also hiding them in i would think matchbooks though you could also do that yeah. and hide it in a I, but yes yes quite nice but i think with you the sewing kit you probably use you probably uh save that a little longer than a matchbook good which point probably uh, back then, especially mm-hmm. with the average American, probably, uh, especially in Kentucky, uh-huh. uh, probably going through a pack and a half of cigarettes a day. Right. Um, you'd go through wow. a matchbook a day, probably. I would imagine. Hey, I really feel bad about doing this, but I need to uh, segue away from this. How many cigarettes are in a pack? 20. Wow. So when people are smoking, because I'm not a smoker, right? Mm-hmm. But a pack a day means... That would be 20 plus half, 30 cigarettes a day? That's oh, what yeah. what people do? Well, 
Uh, Johnny crazy. Carson used to smoke five packs of Marlboro Reds a day. Wow. That's why people don't freak out about smoking being like so bad for your lungs. It's because you don't sit around smoking doing a hundred joints a day. <laughs> yeah. Oh, smoking pot. Yeah. 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 That's what I mean. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, no, it's just interesting. A, sorry, a little bit. Uh, yeah, a little time I, capsule. I, I got to divert every once in a while. To a, That's uh, kind of what I do. To an era when, when a blog was just something that a obese person would say when they sneezed. Blog! <laughs> oh, wow. that I do remember uh, obese people doing that when they would sneeze. They'd say blog. Yeah, I would imagine. And it would always, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Or you would just, that would be the nickname for the fat kid in, in gym class. Look, here comes Blog. Toddling around. Blog. The last demographic we can make fun of. So let's talk about this private select. I'm what excited. Is it? So looks like some kind of uh, whiskey or uh, bourbon. It is both. Makes sense. So they have, what is the uh, private select? It's um, basically Maker 46, right? It's cast strength, Maker's yeah. Mark. And it's aged nine additional weeks in barrels fitted to 10 uh, wood finishing staves in the uh, limestone cellar of Maker's Mark. So, um, Matt, how that means for our listeners, how many years is a standard Maker's Mark aged for? Six I know years. It's six years. So it's yeah. right. So four is the minimum, right? Yeah. And it is well, six. Oh, wait, three is Three is the minimum, minimum for straight whiskey. Right. Straight bourbon. Um, so a minute is, I mean, like a second is the minimum for bourbon. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Um, so six years and then additional, like Makers 46, they do an additional like month and a half or whatever it is. Yeah, or two, nine weeks. A, a nine, oh, yeah, two, two months. Okay. Yeah. And what they had for these 10 staves, they've got five different stave types. Mm-hmm. Now let's go through all of them here. They've got the P2, which is virgin American oak and French, uh, or wait, Baked American, pure, made from uh, American oak and is the first day of sampled in the program. Um, it adds some brown sugar, vanilla, caramel, and spice. It's just made from baked American oak. Then you've got the French cuvee, which is uh, French oak that's ridge cut and seared in infrared heat. That one uh, gives off oak and caramel. You got the Maker's 46 stave, which is actually just seared um, French oak. But that's what they finished the Maker's yeah. 46. It was their 46, ex- <clears throat> when they were experimenting with the oak, with the staves. It was the 46 the 46, stave, yeah. Uh, yeah, version, um, and they said so this is the one. Then you've got the uh, uh, roasted French uh, mendiant stave. Um, it's French oak cooked on low. In a convection oven, um, mm. adds some like milk chocolate, some nuts, and dried fruit. Uh, you've got the toasted French spice stave, uh, which is uh, toasted in a convection oven, uh, first at high heat, then at low heat. And that brings out some smoke, uh, cormorant, and spice. Then you've got the French mocha. Mm-hmm. Um, now, the French mocha is French oak toasted at high heat in a convection oven, which they say brings out some maple and cocoa. 
So on this one, we've got one of the seared French uh, cuvee, four of the Maker's 46, mm -hmm. three of the roasted French mocha, and two toasted French spice. Nice. So um, I don't know. Justin, what do you think of it? Yeah, let's actually. Um... Yeah, I am getting that uh, cocoa. Yeah. Right at the end there. It dips down into a mm -hmm. cool cocoa yeah, deal. Yeah, I get what you mean. <clears throat> but I do get some dried fruit, like some actually dried orange. What's the proof on this again? It's 115 uh, or something? or 108.3. The proof on all of the uh, Maker's Private Select is going to be between 107 and 111. Okay. And um, I will say this. It, it, well, it's very nice. Uh, definitely a really long finish. Actually, that doesn't seem like it's going to be long, and then it just is, and it's very gentle. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And that's where I think I got some of that. When you mentioned that, I got that cocoa as well. Or is that what it was? Anyway. Yeah. A um, little bit of dark chocolate. There's definitely all the standard bourbon notes. Like, you got some good vanilla. You definitely have that sweetness, like that maple stuff. But that finish is really impressive because actually I will say the immediate taste wasn't blowing me away, but it was also interesting. It felt very, it's very um, easy on you. Yeah. Uh, Especially for the proof. That's exactly. It doesn't feel, it's not hot. And, and I, and that finish is lovely. Like it's really, it lasts a long time and uh, it gives you not even, not quite a hug, but it gives you that little. Yeah. I will how say you doing that little. I will say a little, how's your father? Well, how's your father? Yeah. No, I, I will say, uh, I don't think that you get this one for the first second and a half. Yeah. Like the first second and a half, it's not, it's not like, oh, this is bad or anything like this. No, no. Um, it is still good, but you're not like, oh, this is really impressive. Right. It's the second and a half yeah, after that, finish, yeah. that you're just like, and it goes on for, yeah. I mean, you know, it's still going for. 15 seconds right yeah now, i just so. as you yeah when you started uh that when you started talking just then i did the last in my glass and swallowed it it was mm -hmm. done and it's still finishing yeah or it's still doing stuff yeah it goes on for a while yeah. and uh it's a really cool project too because there's a hundred there's a 1001 uh different uh stave combinations that you can do so each one of these uh, bottles is going to be unique. <clears throat> yeah, it's really nice, and I'm, I've I've really grown to appreciate. I never didn't. I always respected Maker's Mark, but I love that one on one that they came out with a year ago or two years ago or yeah. whatever. We, we did it on the show, I think, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, and the forty six is really good. Yeah, really good. And again, it's like since it's been around forever, it's like I don't appreciate it. But makes 46. The nose on that thing is so good. Anyway, so this is similar. But yeah, this is different than both of those. All of these are far more uh, elevated. journey elevated. Yeah, than the traditional maker's mark. Not that it isn't solid for for like parties and for mixers and just just to have a decent, inexpensive, good whiskey kind of kind of lower proof than I like normally. Right. In the traditional makers. I think it's like 90. Is it even 90 or 80? The traditional makers? Yeah, 90. I want to say 90. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, this is 
really nice. It's um, lighter than I ex- than I would have expected too, though. Do you think? Yeah, I do too. Yeah, it's interesting. It's, it it feels unique. It does look very light. I'm pour a little bit more. Yeah, thanks, man. It does look very light in color, especially. I mean, it's been aged six years, and yeah, yeah. Um, it like, actually, yeah, legitimately looks lighter than I would have expected from all the information. Yeah, but uh, it's really beautiful. I think it's awesome. Yeah. I'm going to do all the, let's do all the nerdy stuff for a second. Let's see if the, what the legs are like. It's pretty viscous, huh? Well, cheers. Hey, man, cheers. Thank you for this experience. To Uncle Mitch. To Uncle Mitch. Mary. I, I don't know you, but I'd like to meet you. Oh, yeah. Oh, you know, I, I'm, uh, you know, what's great about whiskey, guys, and we, you've heard this a million times, it's like one of those cliches, but it changes as you're drinking it. It does change. It, yeah. it changes because your palate gets used to it, and then it, you can notice other things. It's all that makes a lot of sense that you would be able to find different notes your second your second pour, and I am definitely getting that. Now I'm enjoying the beginning a little bit yeah, more. Yeah, I think it might have been a little tight. Well, we got the neck. Yeah. You know, and in the neck, yeah. it's guys, it's kind of doesn't really open up at all until you get to where the bottle opens up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah. Very nice. Yeah. I think it, it's changed a bit. Yeah. It feels, um, feels a lot more open and a lot more rich on the uh, at the, the beginning. Yeah. Agreed. I love how good whiskey it's not that I that you look into like a cheap, you know, rocket or even just cheap decent whiskey or liquor and you see a bunch of imperf- you don't see cloudiness and all this. But there's something about good whiskey, good spirits where there it's so the color is beautiful and it seems so clear. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I wish I had more a better vocabulary for what I'm trying to say here. It's like I don't expect to see anything like bits and pieces of wood or anything. Right. I, I don't expect to see anything that's an imperfection or um, pollution in any way. But it, there's something very beautiful about how it uh, hits, how the light hits it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like it really is like it looks like it's something that was made with love for real. Yeah. And a high quality psychological. Project. Yeah. High quality project. Uh, uh, high quality project, project. and product. Um, or product. Uh, yeah, good stuff, man. So I'm just kind of zoning out with it. I'm enjoying it. Yeah. Now, Justin, <clears throat> do you believe that you would like Santa Claus? Yeah. Do you believe I in mean, Santa Claus? Historical figure. He did exist. Easter... Yeah. Saint Nicholas. Are you sure. Easter Bunny, though, that's not real. Oh. Tooth Fairy. That's a real thing. That's a real thing. Those are these little creatures. Okay. Now. What would be, if you were to select some staves, what Hmm. would you go after? Oh, that's a neat question. Okay, well. If you were to come up with your own private select. Okay, and let's let's keep it to somewhere within the reality reality wheelhouse. So let's stick with Maker's Mark. Yeah, well, the Maker's Mark. Right, exactly. So um, I would go with, I would, I would, I like that they use the 46. They know it works. You know, I get that. Mm -hmm. I would probably go with, um. I mean, I don't know how, what kind of, uh, these staves are toasted. They're not charred. You don't right, char the staves. Right. 
so I would go with a heavy, I would, I would say heavy toasting on all the so more, more For me, the, I would want have, I would want not a light. More of the toasted French spice. Yeah, I would definitely go with that. I would go with the 46. Or the baked American pure too. That sounded good to me as well. Yeah. And I don't know what the other options would be for me. I don't know what I'm getting. From I that really mocha. like what I believe to be the mocha. influence of the French mocha. Yeah, I had a feeling really it felt that way. I don't know. Yes, I'm trying to figure out what that's giving me. I guess that's the end there. I think the, the only end. thing that I'd change about this one, and this one we'll revisit, is one of the uh, seared French cuvee for the Makers 46. Three, oh God, what an amateur. Uh, it's my watch. watch Guys, I have, I have an Apple watch. Uh, and, uh, I kind oh, of forgot man. to turn. I don't even know if I know how to turn. Uh, yeah, sorry. But you got your biorhythms, which is important. Oh, yeah. I've so. been. I've been uh, yeah, it's great. I love it. it. Tells me how much, how many calories I'm burning while I'm sitting on the couch. <laughs> so <laughs> cheesecake on this one. <laughs> eating cheesecake. What are you, a golden girl? Uh, <laughs> well, sometimes when I... <laughs> you got a little Blanche in you. I do have a little Blanche um, in you. I'm the Blanche of the group. So this is one one seared French cuvee, four Makers 46, three roasted French mocha, and two toasted French spice. I think the only change I'd make is I kind of want some of that baked American pure, too. So I'd take one out this. of the uh, 46 and one... Allocate one to the pure two. Okay, I kind of see where you're going now. So let me let me re let me reevaluate what I said. Taking into account what these staves are, I probably would stick with the Maker's Forty Six at the number it has here. I guess since I don't, I'm, we aren't experiencing that baked American pure two, right? Yeah. I would want to see what that's like. Which is supposed to bring out uh, notes of brown sugar, vanilla, caramel, and spice. You know what's funny is that's what I kind of thought it was going to bring out. Right. It's weird. I knew you would. Yeah, it would be like a baked Alaska. You know, uh, you know you're know, you pure too. And uh, I think that, that I would want I would want to maybe double up on those. And then, uh, and I like that toasted French spice. So, yeah, I guess, I guess I, when I'm drinking something like, when I'm drinking a weeder, and I know how you feel. I know this really plays into how you feel about bourbon in general, what your profile that you enjoy is. Mm -hmm. I think this makes sense that you like that French mocha. Because I know that you are more into the rye notes. Yeah, I like the rye notes. Which is not about the barrel, of course, guys. I'm just saying, you know, that's yeah. an element. Uh, so I, I, when I drink a weeder, I want to like, I want it to lean in on that stuff that we attribute to the weeders, which is you, just that it's getting out of the way of the barrel and you're getting you a lot of that You want everybody caramel. to know it's a weeded whiskey. I want it to taste yeah. like, and I, I want totally to get, get all that barrel yeah. sweetness and all that stuff. Yeah. And uh, I want it to not have as much spice. Right. Because it is, just because I'm not drinking something that I'm going for the spice. I'm not right. drinking a nice rye or something like that. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, so this is, this is interesting because... Man, I think the 46, Maker's 46, I feel like I remember it tasting sweeter than this. Yeah. Yeah. I would I'm say saying. so. And, uh, and that's something see. I think a lot of our listeners have, have had to compare. And like like Matt was saying, this has those, this is the same process basically as the Maker's 46, where they have the, they dump the bourbon that's already basically done, finished at six years. Yeah. And then they re put in a new barrel. Yep. A, a new charred barrel. 
with these staves. With uh, French oak. French oak sage. And uh, it's, that one is supposed to deliver more vanilla. And I, I get more vanilla in the 46 than I get in this. Very good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's a vanilla bomb, as they, as they say. Right, right. It's, it's, there's no denying that it's vanilla in there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I guess the the uh, French mocha to me was just something interesting that I have not really experienced too much. And that chocolatey note, a lot of times I'll see that in a scotch more, mm-hmm. like a Highland scotch more than I would in a bourbon. And that is interesting to me. Yeah. I really am enjoying this. I, uh, I love bourbon. And uh, I, like I said, I'm kind of zoning out while I'm drinking this. I'm yeah. not really... I'd, I'd rather just kind of stare at the ceiling and. Well, don't zone out it. too much. No, I know. I'm We've just, got I, more to do. I know it's high energy, high energy J right now. Yeah, absolutely. Got more to do, but yeah, what a treat! No, it's really really good. enjoy it. And um, man, Barry, uh, sorry you're not here with us to enjoy this uh, barrel of Maker's Mark Private Select. Shout out to Barry, by the way. Shout out to Barry. And Brian, I'm going to give a new shout out because I think this guy actually listens to the podcast. Brian, 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 shout out to you, my friend. All right. All right. So last week we had our friend uh, Yusuf on. That's right. From Social Distance uh, Drinking Club. And uh, he is from Arizona, brought us a little gift Mm -hmm. of some Arizonan um, beers. Sample uh, pack. So... He uh, from Renhouse Brewing Company down in in Phoenix, I believe it was in Phoenix. Um, definitely in Arizona. Now, is that named it's after in the bird, the Wren? I don't. Or know. is it named after a family name, the Wren House? I I, I don't know, but uh, it's from Prescott, uh, Arizona, just uh-huh. outside of Phoenix. Oh, well, there's a little bird on there with a crown. Oh, says, look at that. Cheers. It's like Jughead, but with, but it's a bird. Yeah. It has and the Jughead crown on it. I'm going to be drinking their IPA. It's called Spellbound. Okay. I got Spell, Spellbinder. I'm sorry. Spellbinder. Spellbinder. Oh, and it's cool, guys. It's it's done. The, the, the font is very. Uh, yeah. It's, it's like, am I seeing it right? Or am I blurry? Or It's like. 3D movie without uh, the 3D glasses. Very creepy. Yeah. But I'm sure it tastes, doesn't taste creepy. I'm sure it tastes creepy good, right? Creepy Matt? good. It's creepy how good this is. Yeah, yeah. And what I got to, to counter your uh, Spellbound IPA, I got the Foggy. Spellbinder. Spellbinder, excuse me. Yeah. I have the Foggy Mountain Ordinary Bitter. Oh, it's ordinary. Uh, <laughs> and it's uh, one pint and 16 fluid ounces. Well, cheers. Uh, cheersies. Clink. Oh, that's a high quality IPA. I like that. That's a good bitter. I almost pounded it. Yeah. Good no. bitter. And uh, even though it's ordinary, it's, you know, I guess I'm just a simple man because it hit all the buttons for J Dog. Well, you guys, you got a uh, kind of a cool label on your. Oh, yeah. There. I was going to say, I really love this uh, I think tree. It's- yeah. <laughs> no, seriously. It sounded like I was being dismissive. It's yeah, a they tree. Put a, they put a tree on it. It's just a tree. It's like a tree, and there's like kind of, it looks like a winter. It's a foggy mountain. Clearly, they evoked it very well. I like how the tree is kind of kind of glumpy. It evokes the Olympic Peninsula, I, th- I feel. I was about to say it evokes the Olympic Peninsula, but you uh, weren't, didn't allow me to finish my thought. Yep. I'm a jerk. Renhouse. 
what brewery phoenix arizona prescott abv is on this but uh it doesn't taste like it's got a ton of alcohol it tastes like a sessionable one it's interesting when a beer doesn't and even i've, I've had bottles of booze that do this too they, they don't tell you what the um abv or it's like you have to look for it yeah i thought it was mandated by law yeah i know it's like but it's there somewhere right it's just like it's gotta be that's the thing is I can't find, but that this happens quite a bit. Like I'll have a, a, a can of beer and I won't, like from a microbrewery, I won't be able to find the ABV. And who doesn't want to know the ABV? Yeah. It's fun. It's fun when you're like, oh, shit, this is 9.8. I don't know. I, I, I think this is a well-crafted beer that uh, it doesn't have a ton of hops. Like it's not like overpowering with the hops. Right. And I uh, very much enjoy it. It's um, good stuff. I'm just I'm intrigued about more and uh, I believe it's relatively new but how fun was it to have uh, you stuff on that was like nice. that was yeah that was a true uh, what do they call that was it well it was a surprise guest right it was a surprise and it, guest, was, yeah. it had that energy to it because it was like wow oh, Yusuf I it's weird seeing Yusuf because for me he's like it's like I think I might have even mentioned this on the uh on the show, it's like I'd never met him in person before. So he, it's like if you're meeting, like you meet Bruce Willis, or you know, or like Pamela Anderson, or or uh, Jennifer Coolidge played the mom in the American Pie films, or any other celebrity of that ilk, where you're like, I think of you only from the screen, mm -hmm. and then I see you in real life, and you know, it's a real human being, and it was yeah. just, it was just a, it was a great feeling. He is a real human being. He is. He's here for a wedding. He was. Last yeah. Week. Yeah. All right. So, uh, yeah, Ren House Brewing Company came out in 2006. Oh, that was June a good year. June 18th, 2000, or 2016, I'm sorry. I got the two and the six, and there's a thousand in there, but uh, there's a, also one. So, wait, 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 wait. 2016 wait, wait, wait. is when oh, they, yeah, no, 2006. Yeah, they've right. been out for about. Five years now. So we're, now they were formed in protest to the election, correct? Because that's what I remember reading. I don't think so. Oh, I think they were. Formed. I don't know how that would be a protest. I'm just saying this is what I heard. I think they were. Uh, they were formed by the inspiration of time spent in Portland, Oregon, according oh, to this article from, from the Phoenix New Times. Interesting. <clears throat> and I like the owners' <clears throat> names are. Where is it? Drew Poole and Bill Hammond. Drew Poole, Bill Hammond, and Preston Theony. Ah, so nice. that's nice. a little bit. A um, uh, little thing I like about these the design on this can, back to the design. I know we already yeah. touched on this, was the little bird we were talking about, guys. We weren't, Matt wasn't kidding. There's a bird on yeah. there. It's a little doing Ren. A, he's doing a little dance. I guess that's where they get the name, Ren. And then there's... um. And he has a crown on, and then he's saying cheers. Yep. I don't know if you saw it in yours. Uh, okay. I think that's great. That, uh, porter. I'm going to try out their porter. Yeah. Uh, well, you see the other two. Yeah. So there. So the other two. So uh, we got four of these samples. Um, and one of them, the two we're drinking, and then we have this porter that Matt's about to tell you guys about, and then there's this thing called Lady Banks. Hibiscus rose, rose goes, goes, goss, gossa, gossa, which is 
Uh, I know. Basically, it's sour. Right. And I know that, but I, I never drink shit like that, so I didn't know how to pronounce it. <laughs> uh, Lady Banks Hibiscus Rose Gossa. Yeah. Gosa. Um, Gosa. Hmm, interesting. That's a mouthful. And uh, it's a pink. Mine is a pink can. My Lady Banks. With some nice Ooh, flowers. Lady Banks. I get it. Yeah. Uh, flowers and uh, a lot of pink. And it looks kind of like a, uh, a vagina exploded with wonder and magic into a rainbow. Yeah. Uh, like a universal, not a human vagina, but like as if the vagina in the sense of like the, uh, what's her face? Georgia O'Keeffe style. I was you just going to say Georgia O'Keeffe. Uh, it, it evokes, uh, it evokes it's mother got, nature. It it's evokes, got a color pal palette of Georgia O'Keeffe. Georgia O'Keeffe. But the painting itself is not really it's evocative like, of I mean, like the design no, or but it the feels lines like, that Georgia O'Keeffe No, no. It's got real yellow flowers on it. Yeah, yellow flowers along with a bunch of pink tendrils and, uh, uh, like, you know, what have you. Yeah. It's lovely. It makes me think of uh, life and beginning and starting anew and, and, uh, and nature. Vagina flowers. Vagina flowers, but in the more, in the traditional sense, not in a sexual sense. And then Lady Banks. The empowerment. Hibiscus Thanks. Rose. Gosa? Gosa. Go so beautiful. Yeah. So that's I'm going to put this back in the fridge. You're not going to try it. And I'm okay. I still got my. I mean, no. I want to tr look. I'm going to try this in a dark room later on, if you know what I mean. <laughs> Fair enough. And I've got the All black caddis porter, which uh, black caddis for those of you who know anything about know much about fly fishing is a famous fly design. So cheers, bro. Cheers. Uh, Matt, a little bit of trivia you might not have mentioned, or maybe our listeners don't know, but uh, what's the name of this? Black Caddis? Yeah. That's uh, a reference to uh, fly fishing, or uh, the, I guess, oh, the Tell sport me more. That, no, don't tell well, me exactly the, the, the terminology that you want to uh, use. What it is, is it's a type of uh, fly fishing, fly type creature. Uh, it's type of what they use for the, to get that fish. What they do is they, uh, <laughs> Just uh, it's called fish. a type of. It's a type of a uh, lure. Yeah, it's a, it's a fly. It's a design of a fly, and the uh, the fly design is actually on a on the uh, can um, with a uh, blue background, black caddis, and black uh, fly fishing line, which wouldn't necessarily be what you would want if you were fly fishing. Clear is the optimal optimal. Type of I, I get, line that well, you that's, want. That's why the, what I love about these guys at Run House is they like to uh, be uh, kind of contrarian they, about things. They paint outside the lines. Yeah, they like to do things a little bit different than the average bear. Yeah, but this black caddis porter <coughs> is awesome. Um, it's really toasty, but yeah, light. No, I want to. It's great. I'm going to try that. Yeah, you should. But yeah, they they. Uh, I, I feel like this would be a porter that you would want. In Arizona, totally makes sense. It's not going to be too dark and heavy. It's uh, there, but there's a brightness about it—a brightness like the soul of Arizona. Yeah, a lot of people say that there's a sort of a, a, a glow that emanates from the the heart within every Arizonian. Yeah, and the land itself. Mm -hmm. That's kind and, of what you're referencing. Yeah, just uh, Keith emanates you, no, a whole bunch of. I don't need this shit, right? Oh, Charles holy Barkley. shit, guys. This has 
You didn't think it was going to be pink? I didn't expect it to be like a Yoohoo or a Nestle Quick or something. It, it's not like that at all. It's Well, it did when it popped out with all the foam and everything. Because you shook it up. I got a little startled, guys. Well, you accidentally shook it up while you were uh, talking about all the uh, <laughs> the tentacles. Really? Because I don't <laughs> feel like I shook it up that much. The tendrils? Tendrils, I, I don't yeah. feel like I should have that much because it only did a little bit. It only blurbled out a little bit. But it, this this one this one has some uh, oomph with the buzz, with the foam. foam. Some crackle. I'm trying to be really careful because the stuff I'm wanting to say. I know. You know. I'm yes. trying to goat you into it. Too. Right. What's happening, guys, is I have more than enough material. Yeah. I have so much material. But the problem is I've learned over these last few years doing this podcast with uh, Matt and Keith. That uh, I've learned the art of uh, of moderation. <laughs> the way Keith laughed was great. All right, I'm going to try this now. Mm. This has a Gosa kind of vibe to it. Oh, it is. Yeah, Gosa. Rosé Gosa. Uh, is this like sour? Uh, if you want to add a little Very bit nice. of pink or purple to a uh, to anything... Uh-huh. Just throw in some hibiscus. Yep. I did that with a uh, to-go cocktail um, that I did for Miller's for, for a steakhouse downtown during uh, during the winter months. Yeah. And I was like, okay, let's try to make, give it as much bang for your buck, right? And one of the ways that you do that is infusions, right? Because you don't want to use during, you know, during a, not only a recession, but basic closure, you know, an actual closure. You, <laughs> right, right, right. Where you're you, just like that. You don't yeah. want to use the most expensive ingredients. When you're running on fumes and the place hasn't quite shuttered the doors yet. Yeah. You guys are going to be done. And you know you can't be, yeah. You which can't be ordering, vibe, you can't yeah. order any more stuff. <laughs> yeah, which by the vibe, <laughs> despite my best efforts, uh, is no longer. Um, but the, um, I took a gin and I infused it with hibiscus mm-hmm. and basically made a, I forget what the uh, actual cocktail was, but it was basically like a Vesper, but um, it was a bottled Vesper is what it was, mm-hmm. but with a hibiscus infused gin nice. and it was purple. Yeah, yeah. So people went nuts for it because it's purple. People love that stuff. People love when it's purple. I remember that, pheno- I remember that early aughts uh, weird Phenom of the um, is it the French martini or the French yeah, something the French where martini. it was all it was was with Chambord in it or yep. whatever and just made Chambord, it purple. Well, it was fr- uh, well, Chambord and pineapple juice. Yeah. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> People loved it. I remember I went out. It was at the time I was still I was married and I went to my in laws in uh, Raymond and there's a big family out there and everybody loves Raymond. Yeah, everybody loves Raymond. Nice. My best friend from high, uh, from college was, grew up in Raymond. Yeah, Raymond. Um, yeah, and very close, a kitty or right next door, hop, skip, and a jump to the lovely Aberdeen. Yeah, and Elma, um, too. And Elma, yeah. Yeah. Everybody doesn't love Elma so much. And I'm not talking about the I'm not talking about the town. I'm talking about the lady that's named after. She's still alive, still kicking, and she is a she's piece of work. She's 172 years old, and she is uh, cranky she as fuck, as you'd expect it. Yeah, she's kind of like yeah, she's like I'm devout Christian over it. won't commit suicide, but hanging on, and she's mad every day. She yeah, she thrives off of her her anger and her bitterness. First word every morning is ah fuck. <laughs> 
She does. Oh, man. <laughs> Still alive. Son of a bitch. Not again. Yeah. Not again. And she smokes like a chimney. And not from smoking cigarettes. She literally just exudes smoke out of her pores. She actually just picked it up when she was 110 years old. Because she was like, I'm done. <laughs> oh, yeah. She started with. smoking when she was 110. Yeah. She She's like, how do I accelerate this? Like, she How really do I make this happen? To smoke. Now she smokes like Johnny Carson. Yeah, exactly. Because she's like, I, what, what else can I do? Oh, man. That's, you know, we should do it. It's like a Groundhog Day, but it mm -hmm. never it never starts over. Like, that should be the... <laughs> that should be Someone the Someone should do a movie about that. Groundhog Day, but it's life. Yeah. Where you don't actually get to relive it, just, it over It's like going. Right, and you're like, oh, this is a dirge. And then the symbolism. Elma actually remembers before Social Security, got Social Security, and she's going to be there till when Social Security over. ends. She's and, like, uh, I knew it was going to be a phase. Yeah. <laughs> I knew it wasn't going to last. <laughs> she's like, I told you. My political views were right on. <laughs> uh, so. Uh, Let me tell you about Ulysses S. Grant. Right. I forgot what got us on the Elma. Oh, it was because of the French. Right. Anyway, yeah. Raymond. Purple people love purple. Yeah, the French. That's the point. Team. And anyway, I went out to Raymond. The one of the funny things is they were, you know, we we're just drinking rich and rare and Rainier's all the, the whole time. It was just fine. You know, that's what everyone had, and that's what was sitting everywhere. But but this one of the uncles, young uncle, my my wife at the time, her uh, uncle, but it was our age. He was so excited about this new drink he wanted to introduce to everybody, and he made he wanted to show me because he knew I worked in the industry, right? Mm -hmm. I think I just start. I don't think I was a bartender yet. Anyway, so but then he, he made these French martinis, and he was so excited. Everyone lost their shit over these French martinis, yeah. and it's because sweet pineapple. You got booze in there, and you got that purple color, man. It probably yeah. wouldn't have mattered if it tasted good because it was purple. Do you know who made up the uh, French martini? French Stewart from uh, the Rock <laughs> from the Sun, who is very <laughs> underrated. Really? Everyone's like, he's the poor man's Bronson Pinchot. You know what? Step. Because I'm not gonna I'm not gonna hear that. I ain't trying to hear that. See, because French Stewart created Matt, the French martini, correct? No. Oh, fuck. I thought someone told me that. Was that you? I was okay. <laughs> back to the freak facts, back in the old days. Jimmy Fallon did a all right impression of French Stewart. Yeah, French Stewart's fun to watch people do an impression of. Yeah, yeah. Squinty you know, you know who also did a good impression? Uh, Chris Kattan, speaking of people, speaking of talentless performers that did Im decent impressions of other either talentless or problematic performers, uh, Chris Kattan did a decent impression of Andy Dick back in the day. Yes, but the French martini was invented by Chambord. <laughs> Chambord invented it. Well, everyone knew that. How weird is that? Of course they invented it. Yeah, exactly. They were like, hey, uh, how do we get off this whole reputation of uh, just a bunch of hobos um, drinking our stuff? Which is actually, oddly enough, this is what's sad is I was, before you said the hobo thing, I'm still going to say it. My dad loves Chambord. Okay. So, I mean, my dad's not a hobo, everyone. No. Just to make clear. But anyway, it, it's so funny that Chambord had this and still does have this really oddly like limbo reputation because- it's not cheap. No. So why are hobos used, sitting around drinking? Cheap. Oh, did it really? Yeah. Cheaper. Inter well, interesting because it's but quality stuff. It's, it's what it is. Yeah, no, it's French. 
<laughs> but Much no, like the French martini, which is a great drink made with Chambord. I don't know if you've ever tried one of those. I think I've heard of it before, but uh, so good. Um, yeah, Times Square in the seventies was riddled with bottles, empty bottles of Chambord. Okay, see, this is the thing. That sounds great. It, I didn't know this. I love learning something new every day, and I definitely do when I come here to the podcast. And the fact that hobos in New York were drinking Chambord. I don't know if it's true. Oh, okay, because that they just, did have a, I knew they had a reputation, but I'm talking about the, the uh, whole um, Times Square in the summer. Oh, yeah, you know, I, I get it. I, like, get it. I, I wasn't there. No, I get and, it. And uh, also, I have not true. talked to anybody who can confirm nor deny that. So we're just no. It sounds it true, and it's it sounds kind of lovely. I mean, in a world where you can be, you know, out in Times Square and in between getting stabbed and mugged and picking up uh, a new friend, you get to drink that uh, Chambord. You know, and like it feels very right before Joker comes it's very out. Very sassy. You know, before Joker comes out and starts dancing on the fucking yeah. steps again. Ah, shit. Is he dancing on the steps again? Joker. I know. We've been, I've been looking, man. Yeah. No. We're good. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, Matt, I got to say back to this. Yeah, Yusuf, thank you for these beers. Yes, thank you very much, Yusuf. These are really so good. appreciate it. And, I'm liking uh, this Gose. Lady Banks. Looking forward to having you on. And thank you again to my Uncle Mitch and Mary. Appreciate really the, good uh, stuff. the private select delicious and uh i'm gonna take some home with me um <clears throat> anyway <laughs> you're gonna take some home in your bottle yeah it's your bottle my Matt. bottle that i know why my I birthday know, i know why you signaled that to me <laughs> see what, what what happened guys is that matt thought and i wasn't dude i'm a grown adult i wasn't gonna say can i am i taking this bottle home too no the but, flask oh i do have a flask yeah <laughs> so i do have a flask. you'll take some in the flask. i'm gonna take a little bit to compare to the, my my 46 but anyway the point is matt this is the reason why bottles like this exist. Um, I'm being very sincere about, I don't know your Uncle Mitch, but what a cool dude, right? And his lovely wife, Mary, correct? Yeah. And uh, what a cool dude you are for bringing this stuff in. Uh, a true a true gentleman and a scholar and a host. And Keith, you know I think you're the best. But we're talking more about Matt. and the Yeah, but you, I just want to throw, you know that. But... Uh, uh, some weird thing. It looked like it, he tried to make a heart with his hands. Yes. And it did, he hands. did this, though, at first. I swear he did. He did this. <laughs> yeah, he did. And then and he goes, oh, yeah, I forgot. There's he, this he, thing. He went, he went with an eight first. He went and with then, a, gl- a, gl- a blump. An infinity sign. Yeah. That means I love you forever. No, oh, well, that's kind of better. All right, I like that. Okay. Sign to As do I to you. And But, uh, but uh, that's what whiskey's for, guys. I mean, um, we're good time with uh, whiskey is for sharing. Uh, I know a lot of people that uh, love uh, bourbon and whiskey and, and, and mezcal and stuff that they maybe even collect a little bit. And uh, obviously a lot of bartenders feel this way about uh, spirits that they're passionate about. And it's all good. And I'm, I'm part of that. I feel like I have those same instincts. But the joy is when you are sitting with a friend or uh, someone you care about and uh, uh, br- breaking the seal and, and having a, a tipple. Right, Matt? Breaking the seal and I, having I did, a tipple. And you want to just elongate this because Keith said there's a hard stop in how long? We got six minutes. Six minutes. And and Justin wants to make sure that we use all of that I want, time. I want, I want to squeeze every nipple, every tipple from the nipple. 
Well, I want to squeeze every time tipple from the time nipple, which is my new science fiction series for young adults. <laughs> oh, Matt, are you going to pour a little bit for me again? Yeah. Thank you, by the way. My point is... I look for, forward to your uh, UA... Um, <laughs> my, my new book? Your, 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 well, the first one, yeah. Exactly. And, but the whole series, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to celebrate. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, anyway, guys, when you have those cool bottles at home, no, break it open and have some with your friends. Yes, is my absolutely. point. That's all I'm saying. Absolutely. It, it's absolutely it's, it's legitimately a, a lovely experience. Thank cheers. you, by the way, Matt. Yeah, yeah. cheers. Yeah. Cheers. And uh, to all of you, thank you so much for listening to another episode of How to Be a Better Drinker from the Soundcasting Network. That's Studio 212. That's our home. And uh, from producer Keith, Justin Freed, I am Matt James. Thanks so much. Until next week, cheers. Cheers.